welcome to our brand new podcast, Ramped Up. My name is George Brass, and with me is a good friend of mine, Julia. Hi, my name is Julia Shankar, nice to meet you guys. Yeah, and uh, we met <coughs> in college, which actually we've just graduated, which mm-hmm. is pretty insane. Um, both of us have been wheelchair users all our lives. I've used a wheelchair since I was three, I think. Yeah, roughly the same age as me. Yeah. Because obviously Roughly before the, the age of three, you don't need a wheelchair, you just you know. No, I was in a stroller. I was exactly. in a stroller until the age of three. Yeah, and you exactly. can imagine the look some parents would get from seeing a two-year-old or three-year-old in their stroller. Yeah. <laughs> so three is all if we're if we're disabled at birth, then um three is all of the age when you get out when you get your first wheelchair. My first wheelchair was massive. It was like, Oh yeah. Oh yeah. My, I think my mum nicknamed it Mathurin or something. It was like oh. twice the width of me. Oh, wow. Yeah, kind of <laughs> the same chair. thing for me. However, the worst part was, I think for the first like year or two, I did not have great support in that wheelchair. Mm. I can tell that. Because I'm looking, I looked at back at pictures of me when I was younger because in this mm. massive wheelchair, not being supported... And you can just tell they didn't support me for for that, you know, for that long, like the progress of growing up when my spine yeah. shifted. Yeah. And you we can just probably, see, and you can just see explain. my back going this way. <laughs> we should probably explain. Both of us have scoliosis. So just so yes. you know, uh, yes. if you don't know, scoliosis is a condition, a mental uh, spine curved. Um, mine looks really cool. You know how DNA looks? Like, I've seen it. Like that. I've seen it. <laughs> I love it so much. Like it's just so satisfying to look at. Although I think you, you have the milder, a little bit version of yeah. scoliosis and because you were caught quite quickly. I think, weren't you? Yeah. Because you had spine surgery and you've mm. got a rod in. I, I think unfortunately I was, three. was not caught early enough, um, <clears throat> and then they caught it too late I mean not caught it but like they kind of you know thought of the idea of surgery way too late in my life and unfortunately I'm at that stage where they can't do anything because it's detrimental to my life basically there is a high possibility of infections and stuff going wrong so for my you know my peace of mind and my parents and my families we've decided well I've decided not to do it but um but not to say that scoliosis is the worst thing in my life because <laughs> I do take you know painkillers and I've got um a great supportive wheelchair so to be honest I'm living my life yeah. best of my abilities really that's something that a lot of people don't seem to understand the fact that despite we despite the fact we're disabled we are still alive and we are still capable of having a life Uh um yeah i've not had that personally actually um i've not had that personally when people are surprised actually Mm. i have had a a lot of people tell me oh it's so inspiring that you're on the bus by yourself that's it that's that it's it's the whole like oh it's so inspiring no it's not we're living our lives I'm doing the same it's, thing it's, you are. It's, 
it's my life and I'm living in it every single day. Yeah. What is so inspiring about it? I don't know. Yeah. <clears throat> it's not inspiring. We're just, we're, I'm, I'm going to Sainsbury's to get some milk. Not inspiring. Not Although inspiring. I will say probably the more comments I've heard about, oh, you're disabled, the fact that I can't do anything with my disability is through family, unfortunately. And as messed up as it is, I still love my family to death. Like if they were, anything was to happen to them or anything happened to me, I'm sure they'll be there in a heartbeat. However, when you're so young and you hear those comments of, oh, you can't do this, you can't do that. I don't know if you've had this, Joel, but to me, it kind of brainwashed me a little bit. And then once I entered secondary school and college, like mainstream school, like more like teenage time, mm-hmm. is when <clears throat> I put my head my head into it and I was like, but why? And I started to kind of question the whole, but why can't I do this? But why can't I do that? Mm-hmm. And I think that's how my personality kind of came out. Because anyone that has known me since a child could tell that I'm no longer uh, something they've labeled me as like an emotional, like emotional child to be far more confident, like far more confident. And to be honest, I love it. I love the fact that I'm disabled now. I don't hide yeah. it anymore. Yeah. <clears throat> I know what you mean. Um... Being disabled is part of my identity, it's part of, of who I am, it's part of who I've always been, part of who I always mm-hmm. will be. Mm-hmm. Um, that's actually something that I wanted to talk about. Um, people playing for me. <laughs> Don't. Okay, so I have, like, I had a bad experience with church, I'll admit that. Oh, um, yeah. Was it anything to do with my disability, for me personally? Um, and so I know it's maybe a bit biased against the church and stuff. But actually, when you think about it, I hate it for good reason. If a white person wants to go up to a black person and say, uh, and was to pray, oh, no, take this affliction of being black away. That's racist. That's very, very clearly wrong and should never happen. Actually, if you think about it, that's exactly what's happening to me. It's someone take, uh, attempting to take away my identity someone attempted to take away who I am, someone attempting to change what's not bad, you know? And so I do really hate that, and it really gets on my nerves. And Mm -hmm. I think that actually a lot of people don't see ableism. They see racism, which is good, but it's only when you convert the situation to race instead of uh, disability. When you convert it to race, then people go, oh, that's wrong. But until you do that, people don't see it as wrong. It's just can I can I jump into that? I kind of feel like, <clears throat> especially someone like you. No offense, like I'm not being racist. I swear. What I'm trying to say is, if you were to speak out about oh how something is wrong, as in like how you're treated is wrong, mm. then I feel like for you people would automatically label it as racism and not think of it as ableism, if that makes sense. Mm. 
Thank so you. it's like was... if you were told that oh I'm bullied because I have a disability and people yeah. think I'm weak or something I feel like something like that could be placed upon racism if that makes sense and people just sweep that under the rug as racism and not ableism uh actually no sense? I disagree I don't mean opposite <clears throat> uh because I don't know that because I'm not you know I what? don't belong in that community <laughs> yeah. so I you know it's just from what I've seen I've had I've seen people of colour who have a disability have been, you know, yelled at or screamed at mm. because of their colour of their skin, but yet, you know, they were like, oh, but it doesn't matter because you're disabled. Do you know what mm. I mean? Especially okay. with autism or ADHD. Okay, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> um, I found the opposite uh, for me mm-hmm. personally. Uh, I'm mixed race. My mum and most of her family is black. My dad and most of his family is white. I was talking to an aunt on my mum's side who uh, talked about racism and whether I'd ever been affected by it. And I said, I could have been, but it's always been ableism. It's always been put under ableism or something to do with my disability rather than race. So to the best of my knowledge, I've never experienced racism. It's always been ableism. I mean, if it is attached to racism, you don't notice it because the main thing is the ableism. So, yeah, I that's from what I've had anyway. Mm-hmm. For me, I've had situations, but, like, I wasn't aware that it was ableism. Maybe mm. because, one, I grew up in a house, in, like, a family where I was the only disabled person in my family, as in, like, with a physical, like, you can see that I've got a disability kind of thing. And then I was kind of always told, oh, like, if I can't go to a a place, they've got a step or a ramp, or I've been told that I shouldn't be out because I'm disabled, stuff like that. They kind of labelled it as, you just have to deal with it. Mm. Like, like... Like, don't fight it, don't argue with someone, just let it go, Mm. let it go. And then when I was in school and I had something bothering me and I would always bottle it up, not telling anyone. And then once it finally came out because I've had enough, um, people would be like, but why didn't you say anything? But I was, you know, I was taught as a kid to keep it in because you're disabled no one's gonna hear you no one's gonna care so you might as well just not say anything yeah i wonder how much ableism there is but we don't notice it because it's so normalized maybe because we also don't see uh it as a label anymore Mm. it's a bit like um yeah oh yeah it becomes so normalized it's a bit like um if you experience lots of trauma as a child you might not recognise that as trauma because it's so normalised. It's sort of like that, where you don't notice it because it's so normal. You don't think it's out of the ordinary and you don't pay attention mm-hmm. to it. The other thing I was going to say, I'm going to try to remember what I was going to say. Mm, how I was always told to not speak about it. Oh, yeah. Don't talk about it. Um, that's led to a lot of issues now because oh, yeah. of my mental health. Because I was always seen as the happy smiley <laughs> boy, the positive boy, the one who's you know, who just deals with exactly. everything. And so I dealt with everything. And I had to put on a mask to make sure, to make very, very, very sure that no one would ever see me upset or hurt or anything. 
And so now that's that's messed up my mental health. I am trying to recover from that now. Yeah. Can I go off of that a little bit? Mm. So for me in school, it was bad in terms of bullying. I'm not gonna go too far into into it. Um, we might talk about that in another episode, actually. But yeah, for me, it was bullying. And because bullying got so bad, especially in secondary school, I kind of built an armour for myself where I kind of seemed like I, from the outside, people could th- think, oh, she's okay, she's happy, mm. she's this, she's that. <clears throat> but then as soon as someone really pissed me off, mm. Or like a comment really got to me is mm. when I lashed out, yeah. and people were always so shocked that I would lash out because yeah. they've always seen me being this happily happy bubbly person. Mm. And the bad thing is, us as a disabled community <clears throat> or disabled person, we are always labelled as being you know happy about our lives constantly, this that and the other. Mm. But that's not that's always true. That's, that's not always true. And that's interesting you say that because I feel like people either expect disabled people to be very, very miserable and take life or they yes. expect disabled people <clears throat> to love life. And it's weird how you have those two complete extremes and everyone has a view. And it's very de- uh, divisive, is that word? Yeah, everyone is, is like, or well, either you're happy or you're sad. You can't be, you exactly. can't change between exactly. the two. And they're very. You can't have emotions, apparently. You can't have emotions, apparently. Mm. Apparently. Oh, so no, no. when you they. You have emotions. Found... No, you have very strong emotions. Um, yes. But yeah, people yes. see it as you have very strong emotions. You don't have mild emotions. You're either very happy about something, about life, or you're very sad about life. There's no. See, and no one really saw those strong emotions unless it was my parents and my best friend that I've trusted all my life. Because let's be honest, being a disabled person, it's hard to trust someone. And not because, not trusting in terms of, oh, don't mention that I've got this disability. I was proud that I was disabled. I was like, it's not a freaking secret anymore I mean mm. I can't really hide this it's not a mm. secret so it was mostly about the behind the scenes thing the hospital appointments the procedures the pain like I would not feel comfortable sharing that with someone right off the bat unless mm. I really trusted them oh, yeah. and it's difficult to trust because <clears throat> you have lots of fake friends um, oh yeah, I've talked to you about this actually yeah. when we were bowling the uh, last week. I'll I'll yeah. I'll explain that in a minute, but you really go. Yeah, because I uh, <coughs> there've been many times recently where I've teared up because for the first time in forever, possibly ever. Yeah. I've got actual friends, and it's like, are they actually friends? Or are they just going to desert me? Like, is it know? for show? Is it for show? Yeah. Is it for show? Is it to make those friends those friends? in speech marks to make those friends look good among their peers mm, mm. oh i'm tearing up now <laughs> but also oh don't cry but also i feel like college 
was the first time that that door was opened for me. Oh, yeah, yeah. I finally felt, call me sappy, but free. It's yeah. the first time I felt free, not only with my disability, but also my feelings. Yeah. <clears throat> when I met you and a few of our other friends who we still keep in touch with, even though yeah. we've graduated, yeah. and we're still going to continue to talk because I love them all to death, yeah. honestly. Same. But like when I first met you, we, the first meeting we've had, and I always remember it, us talking about absolutely everything that is wrong with this world for the same with people. I remember you left that canteen and I just sat by a table and I just looked at the wall in front of me. I was like, what the fuck just happened? Yeah. Sorry. I, 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 went, I, went I, went I went to my lesson afterwards and I looked at my, my friend. Uh, and I could Don't not stop crying. I, was, I can see you crying. Don't I was stop smiling. Crying. I nearly cried with happiness for a good 30 minutes afterwards. It's like, there's a disabled friend. Like, I just met a disabled girl. Like, ah! Imagine. It's like, friends, friends. Like, that's. Like, 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 no, don't get a stranger, a friend, not a stranger. Yeah, but like, I'd <laughs> only just met you for the first time. I was just like, so freeing to just I think mm-hmm. yeah it was just it was just amazing wow we're going to have to take a quick break because our zoom is threatening to kick us off so we will be right back in just a second yes hi it's a uh, post post edit me or editor me I don't know um we're splitting this episode into we did like an hour an hour and a half just talking and I've just finished, or nearly finished editing part one because this is going to be split over two episodes. Um, so yeah, I will post the next episode when I can. <laughs>